0: Hello, welcome to Let's Talk Tottenham. Uh, after the, the guest episodes, which have been fantastic and I've enjoyed doing those, it's back to a solo episode today, so you're stuck with my monotone voice. So, as we know now from uh, the news, uh, football is back in three weeks or so. Uh, 17th of June, Premier League football anyway. Uh, so, talking about that, uh, signings, I think. That we could and should make although i've covered those in previous episodes uh, teddy Sheringham's comments about how he came which he got a lot of flat for which i'm not sure why uh, the, the the videos that were around of david beckham going around our new stadium um, and what i think for the rest of the season um, and how we'll fare um, are all on the agenda in this episode as well as uh, I talk about quite a bit. The Last Dance documentary on Netflix, with Michael Jordan, Chicago Bulls, and Michael Jordan. We should be employing as our motivational speaker because, oh, inspiring guy. You'll hear about that as I get on with it. And, and so yeah. So without further ado, on a solo episode this time, let's talk top. So hi there, welcome back to Let's Talk Tottenham solo episode this time, uh, just me, so it will be shorter than the other ones. Uh, been enjoying the ones where I've had a guest, so hopefully that, that, that will continue, hopefully with uh, what we'll be talking about with football coming back, uh, talking about some of the games and, and evaluating and reviewing some of the games. Uh, but for the moment, uh, on this episode, just me, talking about a few things, uh, so... Obviously, as I'm sure you know the government have announced and the Premier League have announced that the season Premier League season is restarting again on the 17th of June, all pending that nothing goes wrong up until then. Uh, players are in training at the moment to get up to match fitness. so I'm still not sure if I agree the Premier League should have been restarted being that the deaths and, and um, cases are still well, they' going down but they are still at a level which isn't good. Um, but then you know, where do you draw the line? If if you wait until there's nothing, then you could be waiting years. Um, so you do have to try and get back to a bit of normality and, and stuff while it's going on. Ho- hopefully, but my issue was uh, there might be a second spike, but when you've got government ministers who are doing what they want anyway and not following the guidance, and then being allowed off uh, if the second spike happens now, it's because people who see that what they do and the government do, say, well, why should I do anything? Because you're allowed to just break the rules now and not get any uh, retribution for it. Uh, but I won't go into politics, um, even though it's been annoying me, this whole Dominic Cummings thing, I won't go into it. Um, what I would say is I'm not sure people can moan at people breaking the lockdown rules, however they're doing it. If if you know, like Boris is there defending what one of the leading people that is and who should be setting the example has done. But anyway, so with that, the Aurea lockdown reaches. He's had three, I can only remember two. The one where he was uh, training with Sissoko, I can't remember the second one, but the third one is when he uh, got a haircut. So my issue isn't the fact that he's got a haircut because at the time footballers are being uh, tested and would be negative constantly a lot of the time so he'd known he was negative and didn't have coronavirus so if his uh, barber has as well I don't see how that's even at the same level or worse than what Dominic Cummings did so you know they know that they're not going to pass it on to anyone because they know they're both negative the issue is surely he knows that people would find it annoying or not annoying but uh, say you shouldn't be doing that so why post it on bloody Instagram but I mean that's his decision making, isn't it? I mean his decision making. We've all seen certainly in the defensive part, and then on Instagram with this, is just all over the place. So God knows what he's going to be like when he's having to make a decision going to defend. He dives in anyway, but yeah. Um, but we'll get into how I think Tottenham will do, and and a bit later on. Um, but yeah. Um, Interested, I saw Sheringham's, it uh, wasn't really an interview, it was on the football show, so they, they, he got asked a question about Harry Kane and, and answered it, he got, he got a lot of abuse on Twitter, saying he wasn't a legend and blah blah, he should fuck off and blah blah but I don't understand why because from what I saw he was spot on and the, the question was if you didn't see it, is, uh, he, he left Tottenham in the uh, late 90s, went to Man United, won a load of trophies. Mm -hmm. Um, So he's Harry Kane in a similar position. So what he started off saying was that Tottenham, when Sheringham left, were nowhere near the level that we are now. So we were mid-table, just you know, literally just doing nothing, just finishing like ninth, tenth every season, maybe eighth, Mm -hmm. maybe scraping a what was then a Europa League place. But we, we weren't, like, challenging for titles or Champions Leagues or, or top four places. So there, there was no progression there at all for someone who, who was a quality player. So the only logical move for him there was to move to Man United and go and win trophies. So what what he did say was that Kane is possibly at a crossroads. He didn't tell, say, because he got asked, what would be your advice to Kane? He said, you've only got one career, make the most of it. But... I mean, you can argue that that's subtly saying leave because you ain't going to win any trophies there, but I don't think he was because he did say that, you know, every year, Kate, we've been progressing. Obviously, last year we finished a little bit lower, but we got to a Champions League final, which we hadn't done previously. So you can argue that that's slight progression. So in terms of potential to win trophies was an improvement. But, you know, but yeah, and then, He's got. He's at a crossroads. He said, "Does he want to see if he can win the first trophy and more here, or go to a team where he's guaranteed to win trophies like a I don't know, Man City or Liverpool?" But he didn't say you should leave. He just said he essentially said you've got to make your mind up about what you want to do. So I, I don't see why he got so much abuse saying, "Oh, fuck off, Teddy," and blah blah blah, because he didn't say. You know, you've seen so many people who said in the media, oh, Harry Kane has to leave, won't win anything at Tottenham, so it wasn't like that at all. Uh, what he did say was, w- will the great players come in at-, at Tottenham, or will he have to leave to-, to play with those great players, which, that's my one concern, I think, because this coronavirus, as uh, I've said before, I think... It will stop the big money transfers coming in. You can get the big players coming in, but I think you've got to sell a big player and swap a big player to get that big player in. I think gone are the days for, for the while, anyway, certainly in the next year, of you know, teams paying like 80 million for a player to come in. Uh I'm sure they have the money. But that you know, they've got to balance the books. They, they've taken a big hit with all of this uh still paying the players for was it now 10 weeks, maybe even longer than that. Let's just say three months, three months. So three months paying the players where they're not playing, not getting gate receipts, they not going to get gate receipts for a few months longer. So, you know, the amount of money that, I mean, that's, when you're looking at like 150,000 a week, I think you're probably, I don't know the maths, but you're probably looking at 50 million that's been spent on player wages there for those three months off the bat with nothing coming in and then you've got the financial fair play so I don't think if you've got 50 million out out going out you can let spend another like 80 million so 130 million out without any gate receipts coming in I'm not sure you can do that and I don't think it paints a very good message either that clubs are just going out and spending 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 certainly a club like us who are trying to furlough the staff non-playing staff um so that's why I think uh, it'll be um, free transfers or swaps. I mean, the only benefit to that is if someone wants Harry, he's got four years left on his contract, Levy wants about £200 million. I don't think anyone can afford him in this current climate. Um, so I don't think he'll be going anywhere. We don't want an Eriksen situation where it's last year, his contract, he wants to go, and he's not signing anything. We've missed out on a lot of money on a great player. But again... I think it was Danny Rose, I, I saw it on Twitter, whether it's true or not, said that he loves Tottenham. Harry loves Tottenham, that is. So I would think that Harry doesn't want to leave, but he does want to win. So he, he'll he'll keep seeing if uh, we, we are likely to win and progress, and if we are, then he'll stay. If we're not looking like it at all, then, okay, well, I've got to leave. And that's essentially what uh, Sheringham said as well. Like, He thinks next year, the full season, he'll stay. And if we're not progressing after that or looking like we're going to win anything, then then he's got a big decision to make. I think if he was a player who didn't support Tottenham, didn't like Tottenham, didn't care about Tottenham, he'd have made noises now about wanting to go. But I think because he supports Tottenham, that's why he stayed as loyal as he has. But I think we've got to progress. We've got a manager in now who knows how to win stuff and he's a natural winner. So hopefully that, that attitude can rub off on the players. I watched The Last Dance, the documentary on Chicago Bulls, Michael Jordan. What an inspirational like figure he is. Yeah, he may be a bit horrible to his teammates pushing him and everything like that, but the guy's just an absolute winner. It's all about winning. And you have that kind of attitude where you don't settle for anything less. That's why he wins six tr- championships in about seven years or eight years or whatever that whatever it was. And just yeah, the absolute winner. It completely showed. I think one of the things that massively highlighted it was when he went out to play bas- uh, baseball for a year, came back and then wasn't as fit as he should have been. He uh, was doing Space Jam as well. Uh, and his trainer said, OK, I'm off. You let me know when uh, you want me to come back, expecting him to say in a few weeks or whatever. And then Michael Johnson said, I'll see you tomorrow. And then train, 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 trained, get himself into basketball fitness like he was before, and then goes and wins another trophy. That's the dedication and the attitude of a winner. Like, you lead by example, yeah, he was the best player, and even without that fitness, he was probably their best player, but he wasn't the legend Michael Jordan player without that fitness. So, okay, I need to lead by example, so I'll go and get fit, and then I can be of full use to the team, as I should be. Uh, I mean, what would be amazing if Michael Jordan came in as like a motivational speaker at the beginning of next season. I mean, the, the what I found is just infectious, that winning attitude. And just, I mean, I'm slightly different. Even if I had that complete winning attitude, I've got no skill to be able to do anything about it. When I lose, I've just got to like it and lump it because I can't do anything about it. He loses. He takes everything personally. Even even things like when someone goes, he changed his number to 45 when he came back after baseball and then someone goes, "Eh, 45 and 23. He takes all that personally and that's his extra fuel for the motivation. I mean, just, yeah, just absolute. I had to describe him in one word, Michael Jordan, and I'd just say winner. Because it was all he cared about. And then the the players, you know, may moan that he was horrible to them, but he drove them all to be winners as well. And, and I honestly think, apart from the manager, uh, I love Kane, but I don't think he's that kind of winner. I don't think we have anyone who's... Like Roy Keane in football is one I think of. It's just winning is the only thing. Anything else is, is not acceptable. I'm not sure we have that, um, which is a shame. But, you know, and, and will Mourinho be able to bring those players in Big money, like I've said, I don't think so. Free, definitely. Straight swaps, probably. But who do you take out for that? Uh, so M- Michael Jordan was shouting and all sorts and giving it all that. You don't necessarily need all that to be a winner. You lead by example. And then you, you can tell by body language if someone's pissed off about something. So, yeah, it'd be nice to get a few winners in. And, and so, I mean, if you don't get any winners in, which I don't think we have any natural winners in, they really, which may be a controversial statement, but I don't think we do. Um, if we don't, then it's Mourinho having to do all that himself. If he gets a player in, like a Rakitic, who we'll talk about in a bit, and spoke about before before, um, he, he can, you know, Mourinho's the winner there, but he's got Rakitic to like, push that onto the players as well, so it's not just all on Mourinho. So, with, with that about winners, I think Kane wants to win, any player wants to win, but I think there's a massive, massive difference between wanting to win and only accepting winning, which Michael Jordan obviously wanted to win, but if he didn't win, took it personally, was unacceptable, wasn't happy with it and couldn't happen again. Where you should get other players who want to win, obviously, but if they don't, okay, fine. I, I think... I listened to an interview with Pochettino or I read an interview with Pochettino. He said after the Champions League final a lot of the players and he was in tears which fine they're upset about it that's absolutely fine but and Mourinho said it the first time he came in when he loses he's not upset he's angry and you look at that documentary from Michael Jordan exactly the same as him you know that's why when someone goes ah 45 and 23 anymore it's a little dig he got angry with that and used that as motivation. Like He's not upset that he's lost. He's pissed off that he's lost. And it can't continue and can't happen. So it needs to be rectified. And I think that's where the winning mentality we don't have. I think when you're crying, you're kind of feeling sorry for yourself a little bit. When you're angry, you're pissed off and you want to right that wrong. I think that's the difference there. So I think that's, that's what Mourinho is. He's angry when he loses. Pissed off when he's out, when he's when he's lost. Not, ooh, 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 God, poor, poor, kind of poor me. And I'm not going to go at Pochettino. You know, he's a young manager still, and he'll learn a lot from from us. And, and maybe it takes some people a little time. You know, maybe had a had a cry like he said, and then within about two minutes he was pissed off. But yeah, I definitely think we need more players in that anger when they lose rather than upset when they lose. But which players? Again, Rakitic for me would be one of the main ones. Uh, we're crying out for a defensive midfielder, so Hoiberg from Southampton, and I read that they're struggling financially, so we could get him cut price. So While I said I don't think uh, people will be paying transfers, I meant like big, big transfers. I think if you get Hoiberg for £50 million if they're struggling, I think that would be... Something that's within budget and stuff like that without having to sell anyone. Um, and he's a good player as well. I think that would be a good sign in if we could get him. It would certainly be no disrespect to Southampton to step up uh, to come to Tottenham. So it's a club who, I mean, this season, unless something massively bad happens in the next however many weeks it is to finish the season, they're going to escape the relegation fairly well and easily. Uh, but Tottenham are pushing for Champions League. We'll get, can they get there? Into the Champions League, top four. Get to that later in the second half. Joyberg would be good. Rakitic, though, in terms of a winner, it's just you, you saw in that England Croatia semi final, him and Modric completely changed the game and came out in the second half. So, okay, we need to change this game. We need to run this game from now on, and they did it between them. Winner, that is like you know, take responsibility there. Okay, we'll do it ourselves. So Michael Jordan, again, going back to Last Dance. If you haven't watched that, by the way, Last Dance is on Netflix. Even if you're not a basketball fan, although I've got back into basketball, if you haven't watched it, watch it. It's honestly super fantastic. But, yeah, what was I talking about? Yeah, that was it. So he said in in some things, there was a new coach that came in and said he was a really nervous about everything because he was losing his game and he just goes, I'm not going to let you lose this game. And then there were things where he took it upon himself to, to win the game himself. So take responsibility, which it's difficult for Kane to take responsibility because he needs the service. He's not really a striker or, or player like Messi who can score at nothing. Ronaldo used to be like that, but now he needs the service as well. Uh, but the difference between him and Ronaldo is you know that Ronaldo will... Bail you out more times than not. Whereas Kane does. <sighs> I'm basically saying Kane's crap here. I'm not saying that at all. It's just Ronaldo I mean, obviously plays at Madrid better players as well. Um, but the amount of times you know Kane has bailed us out in the past, but in the good, good when we had good teams. Um, so if you can get the service and and get that winning mentality and then get the squad to have that winning mentality. I think that would make a huge, huge difference. William, I know that's controversial. I said this before. He's won stuff as well. And it's not just, you know, just a winning mentality. It's about someone who's won stuff before. So it's about getting over the line because that's where we struggle. That 16, 17 season, we, we were by far and away good enough to win FA Cups and League Cups and stuff like that. It's just, you know, sometimes you get nervous. If you've ever done an exam and you, you know, you advise him for stuff. You know all the details. You get to an exam. You forget the details because of the pressure. That's the getting over the line. Um, William knows how to get over the line. Maybe not as big a winner. Maybe about the same kind of level as a winner as someone like a son or more in that position. Uh, But he knows how to get over the line. And I think that's important as well. Fraser, I definitely have. I just think he's Premier League experience. Uh, He'll be good. He, he wouldn't be straight into the team, I don't think. He'd be a uh, come on later in games when uh, defenders are tired. Uh, and Mounier, who's rumoured ages ago, but that, even if he's not the greatest right-back in the world, what it will do is it will tell Aurea, right if I keep messing up and making mistakes, I'm out of the team. Because at the moment, oreo makes mistakes. Who comes in for him? There isn't really a set person. It's Tanganga. Advil can play there. Walker Peters has gone on loan. Uh, so, who, who plays? So, you know, you, you need players for competition for places. And hopefully, if we could get Mounier, or we'll so another right back, and all four of those players are f- on freeze, if we get Mounier, it may, you find, buck the decision making of Aurier up, which I think is important. I think we need a new goalkeeper but there's no way we can get a quality goalkeeper who's better than Loris for free or anything less than about 50 million so I think that's out Um, but yeah who to get rid of I think Rose is pretty much gone do we get another left back you'd probably like to get one but yeah would Rose want to come back I'm not sure Foyth not sure about him I think alone would do better for him rather than selling him because I think he's got a lot of attributes he's good on the ball he's confident on the ball whether he loses the ball or not uh, he'll get stronger uh, he needs to be playing football regularly I think to, to play in big parts he's not going to learn that much same with Sanchez but I'd keep Sanchez I do like him I know he makes mistakes and he sometimes lets the ball bounce over his head which is cardinal sin for bloody defenders but um, I certainly keep him power. If you're not going to play him, and, and, or, if you're not going to get, if you're going to get another striker, or just not play power, send him on loan, get him some game time. Don't just let him sit on the bench. Uh, I think more of a son, bergvine uh, uh, You know, it's two positions there, which and, and Ali include Ali in that. There's two positions there, three positions there, so you've got good competition for places there because any one of those who aren't playing well, the other one can come in. So that's good competition for places. Uh, and Gondombele, keep him. I mean, if we can get him fit and his attitude correct, that would be like a new signing. And and we've seen as well that he's got some unbelievable skill and attributes there. So strong. That could be crucial. Um, so, yeah, I, I wouldn't sell a huge amount of players. You've got, like, fringe players who, who are never going to get in the, the, the team. Uh, someone like a skip and cirkin, if they're not going to play, send them out on loan. I wouldn't be selling a huge amount of players, I don't think. And certainly loan. I mean, if you're trying to go for a big, big sign and you can get 40 million for fourth, then you probably, in this day and age, in this financial climate, have to sell him, unfortunately, and then hope he doesn't come back to haunt you when he becomes a world star. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't be selling a huge amount, but yeah. Uh, the other thing selling the players is if you're looking for money for those who can afford them in this uh, financial climate as well, if you're after 40 million, so that's why I probably wouldn't sell that many people either. Uh, and then just trying to improve this, improve uh, their fitness and uh, not fitness uh, ability and everything like that. But anyway, it's enough about transfers. We'll take a break there, uh, half time, we'll call that, and then afterwards talk about uh, what I think for the season, uh, the remaining of the season, which. I bet whether it's true they're expecting to, hoping to finish it in six weeks, 92 games, nine games each team, six weeks. Sounds tough, but it could happen. Uh, and Beckham at the ground and, and show, showcasing the facilities designed to keep players healthy, both physically and mentally. Uh, so Levy does deserve credit there. So, any Levy haters out there, you, you know, there will be a little bit where you get some credit. Uh, and then my thoughts on Jose and uh, whether we can get top four. So, back in a bit. And we're back. So obviously, as we know, the season is due to restart um, 17th of June. But before we get to that and how I think the season will go, uh, let's talk about the, the ground, our new stadium, which I know is divided opinion. But I honestly think that you know White Hart Lane was fantastic, but the new stadium will get to that level. It's just people are so used to White Hart Lane. And, and people say in the atmosphere at White Hart Lane was always great and in the new stadium it's crap. That's absolute nonsense. I've been to a load of games at White Hart Lane where the atmosphere was just so flat. And a lot of those in, in the last few years have been where we've won 4-0, scored after 10 minutes and game's over and then no one cares anymore. So, you know, it's fine when the atmosphere is flat when uh, you're winning. But when you're not winning, that's when the atmosphere is terrible. But then, you know, that Man City game, last home game, at the new stadium 2-0 win atmosphere unbelievable at the new stadium so it will get there it's just a case of getting used to it and it's easier to have a good atmosphere when the team are playing well you know in the big games where it's close and, and to have the the atmosphere there and when you go 1-0 down for the team to and the fans to get behind the team when you're not playing that well that's when the atmosphere can be flat and instead of getting behind the team if you go 1-0 down it's boos and just ah oh, I can't be bothered with this you know So We had plenty of that at White Hart Lane in previous years as well when we weren't playing that well. But anyway, so I'm sure you saw on Twitter, maybe Facebook as well, uh, YouTube, the videos of David Beckham going around the training facilities and and the ground. Um, And it's all been designed there by the look of things uh, to keep the players healthy, both in a physical sense and a mental sense. uh, and, And for that, Levy does deserve a lot of credit because it is the best stadium in the world. The facilities there are great and that will be a little bit of a pull to get players in and we are obviously help now as well that we've got, as good as Pochettino was and as good as his stock rose, we've now got Mourinho who's a bigger pull anyway, who is a bigger pull because of what he's achieved in the game. So we've now got the pull of Mourinho, we're a club now thanks to Pochettino that are you know recognised in Europe and that's... I think Pochettino's greatest uh, achievement at us, that he's transformed us to that nearly European team, to regular European team, and we've got this stadium with the facilities there as well, so, I mean, has that stadium hampered spending money? Of course it has, but... It's, it's tricky, isn't it? Which one would you prefer? You'd always prefer winning games, winning games and winning trophies. But you do have to go with the times as well. Um, and, and the state, as much as I love White Hart Lane, for a team who wanted, who had our fan base and, and wanted to be as big as we are, 36,000 wasn't big enough. Uh, so we did need a new stadium. Obviously it went over budget, which doesn't help. Um, but yeah, the facilities there to help players. Mentally as well as physically, Uh, and it's not just for when you're playing; it's after you finish playing and everything like that as well. So it's really good. Type it into Google or or, or YouTube or Twitter if you haven't seen it. There's a few videos there. There's one where he meets the players, and one where he's just talking to Mourinho, and Levy comes in as well. He's got a really squeaky cockney voice. For some reason, I thought he would be posh, but anyway. So I, I know a lot of people hate Levy, and like I've said before. Has he done everything right? Of course he hasn't. Has he made mistakes? Of course he has. Has he been a complete failure and done nothing right? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And Pochettino deserves massive credit for building us up to where we are now. But you know, without Levy, that wouldn't have happened either. And and people saying he doesn't spend any money. He spent sixty odd million on Undunbeli. All that bail money went on new players. You know, if he didn't spend money, that would have all gone straight into his pocket. Uh, The furloughing part with this coronavirus was was a bad one. That that was just awful. And it has, I think, created a divide. Um, But, you know, if fans are going to get annoyed with him because we're not spending any money in this summer, then, you know, I think there's no hope because I don't think we can, like I said before earlier in this episode, that that the financial situation that we've got with, with... you know, having to play people's wages and, and um, crowds not going into the grounds. You know, they can't afford. I mean, that that's not just us. I, I don't think many Premier League teams would be spending big this summer or even European teams, for that matter, for that reason. So I think if players, if people do have a moan at him for not spending the money, I think that's just completely out of order. I mean, if every team was spending a lot of money and we didn't, then fair enough. So when we didn't buy anyone in that one season, that's fair enough to have a moan there because that was when we should have been pushing on and getting players in. So I totally accept that that was poor from Levy and just, yeah, not good. But, you know, this summer, I I don't think you can really um, put that on him. Um, But hopefully we get this... uh, director of football I think it's Campos I think his name is I could be wrong there but hopefully we get him because I think Levy's recruitment hasn't been great uh, when he's just bought players Van de Vaart accepted um, and you know it seems to be with Pochettino anyway that he wanted this player there's suggestions that they wanted Mane and Rinaldin and we didn't get anywhere near that level um So yeah, so hopefully with the director of football with Mourinho, he he can say who he wants, and then he goes out and buys it, and then he fronts up the money. Um, and he's a big name this this director of football that we're talking about as well. So again, that's another bit of pulling power. Um, so could be the difference if we did decide to go for him, uh, Rakitic. Uh, also, I forgot as well, Coutinho was rumoured on loan, which. I know it didn't work out last time. But that was with Pochettino. Could be different now with uh, Mourinho. If we get him as well, that is a phenomenal signing. That is. You saw what he did at Liverpool. He was superb there when they almost won the title. He'd be an amazing player for us. I think I'd love that, and it would be a loan, so it'd be free. Um, and again, competition for places going forward. I still think we need a, a couple of defenders, maybe. But Tanganga, you know focus on his position is either a full-back or centre-back. If he's a centre-back, train him on there, get Mounier in so he doesn't have to play it right back. But anyway, I've deviated again. Um, so yeah, the facilities were uh, superb there and, and at the ground and Levy deserves credit for that. Uh, but I'm not saying he's completely uh, great and hasn't made any mistakes, of course he has. Um, but I mentioned about not crowds not going in. When, when will they go back to football? Which I mean, let us just say the season is done in six weeks from uh, start of June. So I think that's the first of August it would finish, something like that. And uh, not start of June seventeenth of June. Sorry, so about the first of August, they have a month off or what, whatever. Two months off, start again maybe October. Let's just say all these for sake of example. I'm not sure fans will be going to games this the rest of this year so that's even more money that's lost um so yeah I, i'm not sure until the deaths do actually go right back pretty much nothing and the cases to pretty much nothing that fans will be allowed to go because things like that and concerts and stuff like that will be one of the last things to come in I talk about pubs opening on the fourth of july which i have no idea how whether they're planning to do social distancing there i mean you, you you know, even if they're only open for three hours, plenty of enough time for someone to down a, a bottle of wine or, you know, a couple of glasses of wine if they're, you know, more susceptible to alcohol than others, uh, and they'll be falling over their friends and everything like that, but anyway, so yeah, so, and then, you know, and then there's, I, I'm surprised with the, 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 ref, the lack of refunds didn't get more flack for Levy on Twitter, but so what he's done, if you're not a season ticket holder, is he, he's not given refunds for the games we're missing this season. He's given us credit, which we can use to get money off next season, where other clubs, I think Everton are one, are given refunds for the games they're missing this season. But I don't really think it makes a difference because both us and uh, Everton, I can see, will raise the ticket prices next year to compensate for the refunds that are being given for Everton and the credit that's being given for us. So... At least we're getting something, which we didn't think we'd be getting anything, so at least it's something. But, yeah, I can see crowds not being allowed to go back in until next year, which puts even more loss for the, the, the um, clubs. And, and, you know, League 1 and 2 and some championship clubs, even some premiership clubs, could all go out of business. You could end up finding a whole division, 24 teams, is completely wiped out, and that that's just awful so if if clubs if that happens and then clubs are paying 100 million pounds for players i think they'll get so much grief for that and and, you know it's just makes them look so greedy and everything so i think that's why i don't think many transfers will happen but hopefully no one goes out of business and clubs can continue carrying on um it seems that with this uh, season restarting um I've read that every game is going to be on TV in the Premier League between BT, BBC, Sky, Amazon Prime. Obviously, it won't be completely free if you don't have BT. You're going to have to pay for it. Um, you can't go to the pub at the moment. Uh, probably not go around someone's house unless they've got a TV in the garden. Um, but at least they're all on TV, so they stick to their con- contractual ab- obligations for um TV right so I think Sky keep and BT keep all of the ones that were going to be on TV and the others are shared between BBC and Amazon um, so they don't have to pay out hundreds of millions for that but ho- hopefully it, it is the right decision there isn't another spike and then the season can finish and last thing I wanted to talk about was the actual new season well the, the finishing of the season I, I don't know how we worked it out but like in, ter- in terms of for us from where we were when it when it ended to where we are now uh We've got every player back, which we had Kane and Son who were the big ones out, so Soko's back as well, it would give us a bit of a steal in, in the middle. I mean, Jose said, didn't he, like he wished it was the when it we wish he wished it was the first of July because then we'd have everyone back and come the 17th of uh, June we have got everyone back so <laughs> someone on Twitter I can't remember who it was what kind of sorcery is that? Which I thought was quite funny but We've got all of those players back. And I don't know how we've worked it out or how it's worked out, but we've got nine games left, six of them are at home. So in terms of the advantages that we've got over the other teams going for the top four, I know we're eighth at the moment, but it's not a huge gap between us and fourth. So it's, it's between quite a few teams. Even Leicester could be dragged down. But you don't know either as well. Like you know, Sheffield United, for example, had a lot of momentum going for them. And now they've had two weeks off. So will they be able to carry on as they were, or will that momentum stop suddenly, stunt where they were going, and they'll struggle? You know? Whereas we, I think, were praying for a break. Looking on Twitter, it was like, oh, I wish I didn't have to watch any more this season. And when we did have the breaks, like, oh, at least I don't have to watch Tottenham anymore. So now it could be a complete refresh. And it's like, okay. And then, but what Mourinho will be saying is, you've got not your season is nine games. Nine games is your season get as many points as you can in there, try and get into that top four. Can we get into the top four? Because everyone's back and are the home games, I think we can. I don't know who everyone else has got and everything like that, but in terms of momentum, Chelsea were very inconsistent, so I'm not sure the momentum will help or hinder them. Um, But again, I can't imagine any of those teams chasing top four. I've got six out of nine games at home. I, I can't imagine that. Um, some of them will have Liverpool to play, which we don't, and Liverpool are likely to end up sewing the title up within one or two games. So, I mean, they're at the Champions League. Whether that goes on or not, I mean, that no one knows about that. So it's just the Premier League here. So, if Liverpool win the Premier League and then they win the title with seven games left, they'd have been playing their reserves and everything like that uh, in the Premier League to keep people fresh. They'd have been playing the top players every now and then. Um, but now the Champions League isn't there, they're going to go for the maximum, get over 100 points and probably beat City's uh, or whatever the record is. They could do that or they could blood in the youngsters uh, for the following seasons, which if I was Liverpool, that's what I'd be doing. The important thing is to win a title, not by how much. Records are nice, but the actual winning it and getting the trophy is the important thing. And if they blood their youngsters in, then they could be winning titles for years to come. But then, my, my point being there is if other top four teams have Liverpool to play once they've won the title, it's not the same as playing Liverpool when they're going for a title. Uh, so certainly if they're resting players, uh, putting the reserves out, uh, youngsters out who, who aren't experienced, could end up uh, Liverpool losing quite a few games. Um, whereas we've played them twice, so we don't get that luxury. But you could be, you know, the youngsters are hungry. They've still got a few of the top players in there who will be hungry to get the record. Um, so it couldn't just be uh, business as usual for Liverpool and they just steamroll every other team anyway. Um, in terms of Jose, I, I saw um, was it a, a vote kind of thing, a poll, poll. That's it on Twitter. you Jose in or Jose out and. I couldn't believe that people were, it was like a quarter of the people who voted were saying Jose out. I, I just can't believe that at all. You, you can't judge him, surely, because he's had less than a year. And when you think it took Pochettino and his style at least a year to come full swing. The first season he was there, we, we had glimpses that it was working in other games. It was just nowhere near. And then the second season, you could really see it was working. Then third season, which was a sixteen seventeen season, it was in full flow and absolutely superb, and we were second in the league, unlucky enough to win it. Whereas Mourinho has only had when was it November he came in, and it got stopped in in March, so he's only had four or five months. And then take into consideration as well that you know also he, basically all of our goals got injured. You know, Kane got injured then Sun got injured then we had no one who could play up top. I mean, Kane wasn't the big big injury miss. He was a big injury miss. Don't get me wrong and, and you know you asked me 100 times would you rather have Kane in the team or out of the team? 100% 100 times Kane in the team. But that the big big injury for me was Sun because we showed in previous seasons when Kane gets injured Sun steps up and can play. Um and then we still have confidence that we can score, as was shown by that Villa game, three two. But when Sun got injured, we literally had no idea on how to go forward. Um, yeah, he had an he had players who didn't want to be there, Ericsson, and, and who who's struggling for um, confidence seems to still be at Inter Milan. Uh, I did think as well. I put a poll. Would, would you? take Eriksson back for a cut price, and I, I definitely would if he wanted to come back, he'd have to want to come back, which I'm not sure he would, but it's not worked for him for Inter Milan, so sometimes it's, uh, the grass isn't always greener on the other side, you know, so yeah, I, I wonder if he's regretting that decision now, and should have stay with it, sometimes you get a club that is just suited for you, so Mo Salah, Liverpool are completely suited to how he plays and his style of play, whereas Chelsea, when he was there and he struggled, not suited to his style of play at all. So I'm not sure if uh, certainly under the Pochettino era, Eric, uh, Spurs were a team completely suited to Ericsson's play. because it all I know Kane was the one who got all the plaudits, but for me, Ericsson was the more important player. Kane needed service. Ericsson sprayed the ball, could pass 50 yards or string the play together, slow it down and then suddenly speed it up like Paul Scholes did for United in the 90s and 2000s. So, yeah, so I'd take him back, but there'd be conditions there. It'd have to be for a fairly cheap amount of money, which Inter Milan wouldn't sell for any less. But even 20 million wouldn't be that bad in this current climate. Uh, and he'd have to want to come back and not just, yeah, yeah, I'll come back. If, yeah, I want to play for you. And I don't think he does, so therefore it wouldn't happen. But the is looking good. And certainly, in the last month or so, a few weeks, he really looked good. He was stringing passes together, playing the 50 yard passes, but slightly different to Ericsson, where the Celso travels with the ball. By that, obviously, if you don't know what I mean, by that I mean running with the ball, with the ball at his feet. Whereas Ericsson would literally get the ball, then spread it, so he wouldn't run that much. So he's more like a quarterback, uh, uh, American football it's Celso, runs with the ball, so what, what you got with Eriksen is he would hold his position a bit better as well. And that's essentially what Rakitic does and what Modric uh, does at Madrid and uh, both of those at Croatia. But it's Lo If you have Laselso and he's doing that, uh, running with the ball, travelling with the ball and then spraying passes and stringing the play together and being creative, you need someone in the middle who will sit and hold the position which... Winks wants to go forward, Sissoko wants to go forward and Dombele wants to go forward. So I think that's why we get caught out or we're getting caught out. So that's where Hoiberg would be superb. Um, but yeah, and then it's different for Jose now as well. Like You generally can't judge a manager until they bring their own players in and bring their style in. So bring their style in, you can do that. But our style seems to be playing with Grogba up front and like I've said before, the only weak part of Kane's game is hold-up play. I don't think he's strong enough. And, he, you know, it worked with Drogba and Costa as well because they could hold the ball up. They were strong, physically strong, hold it up and then bring people into play. Kane can bring people into play, no problem. But it's generally when he's able to turn with the ball, not when it's ping to his chest and then he chests it, brings it down and then brings people into play. I don't think he's strong enough for that. Um, but maybe in training that's what he's learning to do. But like, you know, can you give him a chance? Superb, isn't he? Like, he'll take chances all day long. Um, but then bringing players in, like I've said before, bang the drum on this, will he be able to? If he had to bring players in, I think if they're free or cut price or, or, you know, you can get a fringe player out and swap them. But in terms of uh, just spending 50 million, $300 million or whatever he spent in a transfer window at United, that ain't happening. Um, but can we get the top four? Like I've said, I think we absolutely can. I think our first game is going to be at home to Man United, um, so it'll be odd. I mean, how how quickly will players be able to adjust to no players, no fans in the stadium, no noise in the stadium? That'll be another thing. That'll be a mental thing. So you, you know, you'd hope that now they're doing a combat training. Uh, again, they'll, they'll be playing actual games and no fans there. Uh, no spectators there, so maybe like the first team versus the, the, the subs or the reserves. Um, so yeah, but then I would imagine a lot of players don't really notice the crowd, they're so focused on what they're doing and the mo and the adrenaline that they don't really notice the crowd. Similar to a boxer, you know, <laughs> you yeah, get Anthony Joshua who's being shouted at by all these people, he doesn't suddenly turn around and go, What did you say, and then get his head knocked out, head knocked off. So I'd imagine footballers are the same. So I'd expect it not to make that much difference. But if we can get, you know, first game, if we can get a win, really puts momentum in there. And it's against, if it is Man United, it's against a direct top four rival. So that would be a huge, huge win. We're at home, like I say. Um, Yeah, but home advantage goes out the window, doesn't it, really? In terms of the fans there, the, the home advantage you're looking for is the familiarity of where you're playing and familiarity of uh, you know the, the process that you go through and you know waking up at this time and then driving the roads that you know and stuff like that and going to places that you know, seeing the people that you know in terms of the staff, being in the dressing room that you know. So it's the familiarity there, which is the home advantage going forward here rather than the crowd noise, but it's still an advantage. So, yeah, I I definitely think we can get top four. Don't think you can judge Jose yet. Certainly, the end of next season will be where you judge Jose. I mean, obviously, if uh, come Christmas time next year or halfway through the season, he's 15th, then okay, maybe it's not working. But, yeah, I definitely think with him we could win a cup. I don't think we'll win the league. I think we're too far off. And then the fact that we're not going to be spending money. But if we can get those four free transfers... Right, five, you include the loan for Coutinho. So Rakitic, Coutinho, Mounier, Fraser, William. I think that's a brilliant transfer window. Stead- uh, Stanis in real good stead for next season. So, yeah, I, I think that would be the best case scenario that we can get because, like I say, I don't think big money has been. Okay, and. Uh, for the first solo episode in a while, that's it. So that's my views of what's been going on and what I think will happen now that we have some football coming back. Um, I don't think Sharon should have got any flack for what he said. I actually agree with quite a lot of it. Um, I definitely think we can get top four. We've got all our players back. They'll be raring to go because they haven't played football for a while. Um, yeah, and if you haven't watched our uh, Last Dance on Netflix, watch it now. Uh, so back soon, uh, either a solo episode, probably a solo episode before the season starts unless nothing happens and then maybe a, a guest episode talking about the first game. So come on you Spurs and thanks for listening.